Hello, everyone, and welcome to the four days early, but somehow also one day late edition of the Monday check-in. It depends on when we post it. They don't know when we recorded it, do they? Uh, well, no, but... It's not like time and date stamped or anything. No, not that I'm aware of. But uh, so this is the, the Monday check-in for the week of July 4th. Uh, at some point in time, it'll get posted uh, that day, that week. Right. Yeah. So we would normally record this next Monday, but Monday's a holiday. July 5th, I guess. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Monday the 5th. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but Monday's a holiday and Tuesday. Um, I'm, I'm not talking to Damon next Tuesday. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out of town. And that's why I'm not talking to David next Tuesday. Right. It's not that I don't want to talk to him. It's just that uh, I won't be here. Yeah. So we're pre-recording and then we'll post whenever it seems appropriate. And then you'll hear this and you'll be like, hey, it's a Monday check-in. We don't know that they actually recorded this a week ago they or do five know. days ago. But they do know. They do know now because yeah. we just closed that through the magic mm-hmm. of, of disclosure and technology and disclosure. <laughs> So the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is uh, you and I, Greg, I'm Damon, I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, and you are? Greg, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, not Hastings, Minnesota. No, not in Hastings, Minnesota. And we get together every Monday or thereabouts, and we preview the, up the scripture and the themes for the upcoming worship service. Um, we have uh, we read a little bit of scripture. We have a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a Bible study, a little bit of a, a pondering time, and then we switch gears and we roll into some life of the church sorts of things and uh, what folks want might want to be aware of and how folks can can hop in uh, into the life there at first press. So. Um, anything else before we do a prayer? I don't think so. I'd love to open us with a word of prayer, though. Let's do that. Gracious and loving God, thank you for the magic of technology. Uh, We know that you created us as creative beings, and we applied that creativity to all sorts of things in the world, including the technology that facilitates uh, this Monday check-in and the opportunity to connect with... uh, with one another to connect with our church members and ultimately to connect with you, O oh God. Bless and guide our conversation. Uh, keep it light and joyful and continue to bless and guide this summer series on children's books. We thank you for the creativity of the authors and the timeless messages we find in these books and how they so beautifully connect with scripture. May your holy word guide our steps, be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as was alluded to during uh, the prayer this week, the children's literature series continues. And it continues. uh, This is the last one in the series, though, is it not? It is. And then uh, then we move into the summer sermon song series because Greg loves alliteration. (laughs) So we are continuing this week with a book called Daft Bat. Uh, It was written by, I'm not sure if it's Jean, Jeannie, Jeanne, Willis, 
I one, know of those, one of those three pronunciations, my apologies, uh, if I got it wrong. And Tony Ross, and published by Sterling Publishing Company. Uh, and it reads something like this. There once was a bat who got everything the wrong way around. At least that's what the wild young animals thought. It all started when Bat first arrived. Owl wanted to give her a welcome gift, so he asked the wild young animals to go and find out what she would like. I'd like an umbrella to keep my feet dry, please, she said. Umbrellas keep heads dry. Sorry, that's what she looked like when she said it. And now we're here. <laughs> Umbrellas keep heads dry, not feet, whispered Baby Elephant, daft bat. Anyone can make a mistake, said Goat Kid. So they thought no more about it and gave her a fancy new umbrella. But then Bat said another very odd thing. She said, I'm so glad you brought me an umbrella. There's a big black rain cloud in the sky below. Daft Bat giggled Giraffe Calf. The sky is above, not below. And then Bat said another funny thing. If it rains very hard, the river will rise and my ears will get wet, she said. But if the river rises, our toes will get wet, not our ears, growled Lion Cub. I would wear a rain hat, but it would only fall off into the grass above, Bat added. But the grass isn't above, it's below, muttered Rhino Jr. What a daft bat she is. By now, all the wild young animals thought Bat was completely crazy. So they ran off to tell Owl. Bat's bonkers. She's berserk, said Baby Elephant. If she's crazy, she might be dangerous, said Lion Cub. Help, said Goat Kid. Goat Kid, just keeping it simple. Just help. <laughs> Why do you think Bat is crazy? Hooted Owl. She sees things differently than we do, said Rhino Jr. Very differently, said Giraffe Calf. Owl looked thoughtful. Then he said, I will ask Bat some simple questions, and I will decide who is crazy. So they all went to visit Owl, to visit Bat. Owl asked if she would mind answering a few questions. Not at all, she said. Question number one, said Owl. What does a tree look like? That's easy, said Bat. A tree has a trunk at the top and leaves at the bottom. See, Owl, Bat is daft, laughed Giraffe Calf. A tree has a trunk at the bottom and leaves at the top. Even I know that. Question number two, said Owl. What does a mountain look like? That's even easier, said Bat. A mountain has a flat bit at the top and a pointy bit hanging down. You daft Bat. The pointy bit of a mountain sticks up, not down, said Goat Kid. I know, I'm a mountain goat. Bat is loony, they all cried. Call the doctor. Last question, said Owl. And I'd like everyone to answer it except Bat. All right, said the wild young animals, what's the question? And Owl said, question number three, have you ever tried looking at things from Bat's point of view? And you made them all hang upside down from a branch, just like Bat. Ooh, said Goat Kid, Bat was right. When you look at it this way, the pointy bit of the mountain does hang down and the tree has a trunk at the top and leaves at the bottom, said Giraffe Calf. Hey, the grass is above our heads, said Rhino Jr. And the sky isn't.
Just then it started to rain. It rained and rained and rained. Can I get down now? Owl, the river is rising. My ears are wet, said lion cub. And my feet are getting soaked from this angle, said baby elephant. Sabat lent him her fancy new umbrella to keep them all dry. Thank you, he said. I'm sorry I said you were loony. We're all sorry, said the wild young animals. Oh, don't be daft, smiled Bat. The end. So this is the first time I've ever heard this book. We ordered copies and we've got them sitting in the office, but I didn't have a chance to read one because uh, I knew Damon was preaching on this book this week. And so I didn't. Um, this is such a Damon book. <laughs> I totally know, <laughs> know why you like this book. This is your, this is great. It's a great book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, we're going to pair that with this reading from 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, 1 through 13. Uh, this will be a familiar story probably to most listeners. The Lord said to Samuel, uh, Samuel was a, a prophet in the Old Testament, how long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to see Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came... He looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. And that's how that one goes as well. So there you go. Greg, what do you think I got? Uh, you've got some, uh, some reflections on perspective, don't you? <laughs> Seems that way to me. From where I stand, at least. At least from your perspective. Yeah, that's the way but, I read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah. 
And I think uh, I get the sense in the book, there's an encouragement to open our eyes and be able to see the world through the other other's eyes. And, and I think that notion of perspective to me also relates to empathy. Um, and rather than writing someone off and I, daft is not a word we use in our normal American English language lexicon. Um, I mean, silly or foolish, right? But uh, it may be one that we need to start incorporating more into our daily uh, language. What do you think? Can you see that? Silly. Oh, it's defined right there on the back of the book. Silly, not too bright or crazy. Yep. Yeah. Someone who is daft. Yeah. And I think about the, the danger or the temptation to assume that like, like my experiences and my learnings are universal experiences um, and learnings um, and how much trouble that gets us into even within uh, even within our own families, right? Like the household that I grew up in was entirely different than the household that even my sister grew up in, right? I, um, she is, I was born in, she's five years older than me. Yeah, something like that. She was born in 77? Sure, if we would just want to reveal everything, sure, that's fine. Well, um, that's a good year. That's a good vintage, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 77 was a good year. God mm -hmm. was God was at his God's creative best in 1977, <laughs> in my humble opinion. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she may or may not agree. I'm not sure. But, but like, so, I mean, like even no matter how close we are to someone, right? Or no matter how how much of our lives we share with someone are, we all still have our own unique perspective and our own unique experience. And, um, and there's a danger in, in sort of assuming that, well, this is my experience must be the <laughs> proper and correct uh, experience. And my takeaway from something must be the proper and correct takeaway from something. Um, and it's usually not, <laughs> Yeah, not when exclusively. You, when you started this phrase and you said, my experience growing up is completely different than, I thought you were going to say Hannah's experience growing up, your, uh, your lovely bride. Well, that uh, for sure. But you said your sister instead. But uh, I think my mind went to, in the context when I'm doing premarital counseling, right? Uh, the same idea. You've, you've got to understand that... Uh, the person that you're choosing to commit your life with has a different set of experiences growing up and those create and shape a slightly different worldview. Um, and so you need some humility to recognize that and you need some empathy to recognize that. And I think um, that's true in the context of um, partnerships, relationships, marriages, uh, but also true in the context of relationships within the church and within the community that if we assume everyone sees the world from our perspective or through our eyes, 
and has the same set of experiences leading up to that, uh, we're going to be wrong, but also not be able to connect with people um, as profoundly. And so uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom uh, to to the owl. The only thing that would have made this story better would have been if the wise one was a turtle, because then we would have had three out of our six books with a wise turtle. Mm-hmm. Owls, of course, yeah, they're wise. That's fine. That's the also typical wise. typical wisdom animal, right? But uh, we've had two wise turtles so far. It would have been fun to have a third wise turtle in there. Yeah, I was thinking about that, um, that sense of humility, right? And I think that's, that's also true within the context of this scripture reading um, with Samuel, that um, Samuel is the Lord's anointed prophet um, who you might think would be as close to sharing God's vision and perspective and understanding as, as anyone. Um, and yet even Samuel needs to be corrected and say, like, no, that's not really what I'm looking for <laughs> um, in this. And that the sense of Samuel is willing, Samuel doesn't like pitch a fit about it. He doesn't, you know, well, wow, what do you mean that I have to reevaluate everything? And what what do you mean this isn't what you wanted, or this isn't the way that it that you want this to be done, or whatever the case, it just rolls with it. Okay. All right. We're doing something else now. So, <laughs> uh, so let me get on, on board with that. And the willingness of a spiritual leader to admit to that, Oh, I, I misread this. Um, and now it's time to re-examine and now it's time to do something different is, is not always easy, certainly. Um, and I think especially, maybe especially in our day and age, where like folks really aren't encouraged to change their minds about things. Uh, and folks really aren't encouraged to, to take in new information and to be willing to let go of a perspective or a notion or, um, or really envision something from someone else's point of view. Um, that's a currently a, a counter-cultural thing to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we've been wrestling with that as a, a church through our Lenten devotional guide that you and Kylie wrote, uh, was really this desire to get people to uh, to understand other folks' perspective, um, to have empathy for other folks, not necessarily endorse their opinions, but to at least have empathy for where they're coming from and, and where they're at. And um, yeah, the uh, Lord says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature. Well, these are the things that the human eyes see. And, and then we humans immediately start making judgment based upon someone's appearance or stature. Uh, but the Lord does not see as mortals see. They have they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And uh, isn't our call as Christians to, you know, do we ever achieve this? No, but our, our call, our desire as Christians is to see the world through God's eyes, right? Um, and when we look at the world through God's eyes, what we see in front of us uh, is 
God's precious children in every person we meet. Um, and the scripture we used last week, uh, Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has knitted us together in our mother's womb. Uh, and, and so God sees us each as this beautiful and unique creation. And we are called to do the same, right? The Lord looks upon the heart, not on the physical outward appearance. Um, and so it's a shift in perspective. And if we can all start seeing the world more through God's eyes, I think that would be a pretty remarkable shift in terms of empathy and in terms of compassion and uh, yeah. Yeah, or even if we could just admit that we don't know everything. Right. Right, I mean, I, I think part of this is just be about being willing to admit and recognize our own limited natures right? and that, uh, yeah, uh, and then from that grows this desire to to learn from other perspectives uh, and to and to be like, okay, like I I can only see this this way, <laughs> right? Um, and I know that's not the full picture. So so what am I missing, right? Uh, and who do I need to learn from? And who do I need to hear from? And um, and how do I move and more more closely align where the place that I'm looking from with the place that God is looking from and recognizing that those two things will probably never really be fully aligned. Of course. Right. Yeah. 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 It reminds me a little bit of some of the things that our go and serve students were sharing. Um, this would, will have been two Sundays ago <laughs> uh, at this point, but um, two or three of them, in their little testimonies, reflections, talked about um, learning that that you never that you can never really know what's going on for someone, um, and 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 that you have to be willing to listen to their story and to hear their story, uh, and that you can't just look at a person and know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, you know, it's that old adage of um, until you've walked a mile in someone's shoes, but the reality is we never really have that opportunity to walk a mile in someone's shoes, right? We don't really know where they're coming from or where they're going. Uh, and so there's a call to humility and a call to empathy. And I love in the story, that's, uh, that's what the wild young animals eventually do. And they recognize, uh, they're, 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 they're humble enough to recognize that, yeah, that's not daft. That sees the world from a different perspective. And we enjoyed that perspective for a while. And now moving forward, there's a better mutual understanding. Hopefully that will also learn to see the world from their perspective. Right. Um, right. And not mm -hmm. think of them as daft. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of, I forget where I was, but um, I was somewhere and they had, they had laminated um, placemats. Right for us and the placemats were like the the map of the world like when it's flat you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. um but it was oriented the like what we would say is upside down right so uh, like africa was above europe <laughs> and, and south america was above north america mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um 
but not. And, and it was just, and it was done so intentionally and purposefully, right? Um, and for the express purpose of like challenging your perspective, right? Because you look at that and you say, why is this upside down? And then you're like, why is the way that you think that it is the way that it is, <laughs> right? Like if you're looking at it from in space, you could be oriented in any direction. Right. Right. No, we've been trained to think that north is up, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no. Um, and south is down. And then we also try to kind of think that um, being on top is better than being on bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. My, my mom, uh, among other things, taught uh, history and geography. And the years that she was teaching geography, um, on the first day of school, she would hang her world map upside down. And it was this, like a sociological experiment to see how long it would take her students to point out to her that her world map was hung upside down. Right. But she, and she actually eventually found one where 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 like that placemat it was reversed, but the writing would have yeah. been so that the yeah, yeah. and uh, and so she would wait and and so she would wait and see how far into the school year they would get before the students would point out to her that her map was not hung correctly and then that would be a space for a conversation like the one that you and I are having about perspective mm -hmm. um, and that's that's so key in developing empathy and uh, and humility uh, and I would say empathy and humility are two key Christian values ones that Jesus taught us uh, one that God is obviously teaching Samuel here um, so yeah there's yeah. there's there's a lot to mine here. Do you think do you think it'll preach? I think something in here will preach. Yes. So, and since it's kind of my responsibility for that Sunday, we better figure it out. I bet you'll get it. <laughs> I think probably we will. So I'll probably be watching you on a screen somewhere. All right. Well, enjoy. <laughs> uh, should we switch gears? Yeah. Let's talk about what's going on in the life of the church. All right. Um, we have had a change in our building use policy. Uh, session met on Monday. Uh, I can't say last Monday because we don't know when this is going to be posted. On Monday, June 28th. <laughs> and uh, due to the drop in cases and uh, as well as the South Heartland District Health Department's uh, drop in what they say is perceived risk of the spread of COVID-19, uh, session voted that we are going to lift our social distancing restrictions in our building as well as change our mask policy. So if you are fully vaccinated from the COVID-19 virus, you uh, masks are optional. You're still welcome to wear a mask, but you're also welcome to come to the church without a mask on. If you are not yet vaccinated, we do ask that you continue to wear a mask inside our church building. So our 1030 service will look a little different than it has since we restarted in-person worship on February 28th, because we will be removing the ropes from the pews uh, people can sit where they are most comfortable. Uh, there still should be room for folks to distance should they want to. And then, as I said, masks are optional for vaccinated folks, but still expected and required for unvaccinated folks. Uh, we, one thing we didn't change is our singing policy indoors. Uh, we still have been reading a lot of science about singing being a really effective COVID spreader. Um, and so session would like for us to continue to suspend singing indoors. But the good news is, if you love to sing hymns, uh, you can join us at 9.30 a.m. in Alexander Park, where we are uh, singing hymns 
outdoors, out loud, and encouraging singing. So 9.30 service in Alexander Park this summer, 10.30 service in the sanctuary. 9.30 service in Alexander Park is mask optional, and there is hymn singing. 10.30 service in the sanctuary is mask optional if you're vaccinated, uh, but no hymn singing. Did I cover all the bases on the new church building use policies, Damon Jensen Heisen? I think so, yes. All right. So. Um, and just a note too, um, we recognize that some people have, have been longing for this policy to change for a while. And so we thank you for your patience with us uh, as we got to this point. We also recognize for some folks that uh, they're gonna be nervous about coming in the church if there's unmasked folks. Uh, and so they may continue to worship at home. And, and so we would ask for, uh, for your grace and uh, understanding uh, from those folks as well. Uh, and above all, thank you for this church for hanging with us for these last 15 months through all of this COVID craziness. Um, we're doing our faithful best to do what we can to um, both try to provide for the safety of our congregation, but also uh, provide for meaningful worship experiences. So that's, that's where we're at. And so again, thank you for your patience, your grace, and your understanding. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got an outing that's being planned. Um, for July 18th, uh, the Sodbusters have taken up playing uh, again this summer. Maybe they played a little bit summer last summer. They did. I, I don't know. Um, but I know that they're playing this summer. And so we're going to have uh, a church outing to the Hastings Sodbusters game on July 18th. There are tickets that you can purchase through the church. Uh, you can purchase them after either the 9.30 or the 10.30 worship service um, this Sunday and next Sunday. I believe the cost of a ticket is $5 per ticket. Um, and then there's like a household cap of $20, right? So, uh, so if you've got like six people in your family and you want six tickets, it's just gonna be $20. Is that making sense? It makes That's sense. How it works. And it's been organized by Congregational Life. And then along with the outing with Sawbusters game, there's going to be a, uh, a, what do we call this? A barbecue? Uh, a food time. <laughs> We're not actually running a grill or a barbecue. People will probably pre-prepare the hot dogs as we've done in past years, right? Yep. Yeah. The hot dogs and uh, some chips and some uh, desserts as well. And that'll be, there's a park uh, real close to Duncan Field. It starts with an H, the name of the park, but I can't really remember it. Not um, Hartwell. No, not Hartwell. Um, so, but there's details in like the bulletin and stuff. Folks can find that because I just did a very, very bad job. But they know um, that there's an outing on July 18th and it involves baseball and food. And July 18th is a Sunday, so uh, it will be the afternoon after church. Um, all right, uh, we are uh, jumping back into another one of our amazing uh, missions or ministries of the church, which is the open table food packing. This is where we uh, finish worship on Sunday, all move into the fellowship hall and pack sack lunches. Uh, it's a collaborative partnership with Catholic Social Services. We then send those sack lunches down to Catholic Social Services and they distribute those uh, to our community. So uh, following worship, uh, not starting, well, y'all aren't going to be listening to this before July 4th. So following worship on July 11th, July 18th, and July 25th, 
uh, you are invited uh, to join us uh, to help pack sack lunches for our hungry neighbors. Um, there will be details in the bulletin, but there will be packing times um, at various times through the morning. So we'll have shifts. Uh, and so uh, after, before the start of the 9.30 service, there'll be some folks doing some packing. After the 9.30 service at 10.15, there's an opportunity to do some packing. And then after the 10.30 service at 11.30, there's an opportunity to do some packing. So plug in at one of those times, help us pack those. This is a beloved ministry of this church that has uh, really done some transformational things for our church in addition to being able to serve the needs of our community. So it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and of course, our summer sermon series is, is, is one of them is wrapping up. The children's literature series is wrapping up. And just as soon as that one wraps up, then another one, uh, I guess, is it's weird that it's being wrapped up, right? Like, usually you wrap it up and then, like, set it off to this, uh, whatever. <laughs> another one starts. Yeah. I was just saying about the, how the uh, whether or not that metaphor really works. At any rate, after we're done with the Wisdom of Children's Literature series, then we're going to resume or take up once again the Summer Sermon Song Summer Sermon Secular Song series? Yeah, you threw another S in there. And as much as I love alliteration, you just doubled down for me. <laughs> I did. Uh, so we're, we'll once again take a uh, look at some songs and um, pluck out some sacred themes and, and that sort of stuff through the rest of the summer. So Speaking the sacred in the secular for the Summer Sermon Song series. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those are mostly all S words. That's, that's true. Uh, and with that, Damon, you want to close us in prayer? Yeah. Let's close with a word of prayer. Loving and gracious God, thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our guide. Thank you for opening our hearts, our eyes, our ears our very selves to your truth and to your wisdom and to your beauty. Help us, oh God, to continue to, to seek out and to move towards your ways, uh, your ways of understanding, your ways of being in the world. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo. <laughs>